Live from New York, it's the Game Cola Podcast! I don't know what the Saturday Night Live, Night Live theme song sounds like, but probably something like that. I'm your host and podcast commander, Joseph Martin. On drums is... Lou Ryder, I'm here. And on the trumpet is... I'm James Pelster. And on uh, electric guitar... John Rizzi here, live from L.A., California. Hello, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Well, happy to be here. I appreciate, John, that you actually played your instrument. (laughs) Nobody else. Ironically, I... I, Blue, I don't don't blame you. You're all the way from L.A. I think that guitar was really phoned in. I'll be fair. I'll be Shut fair. Up. Blue, I won't blame you. You you had no time to to process the the gag that I was doing. Yeah, I James, you should have been prepared. Listen, <laughs> it has already lot. been established in previous Game Cola podcasts that I'm very bad at improv. <laughs> you just had to make fake trumpet. Noise. That, do, uh, that doesn't give me an excuse to not try. I was. <laughs> it's such a I low panicked. Okay. Bar. It's like when I get my my buddy to play video games with me when and, he's, and he just gives up because he's not as good at me as me 30 seconds into the match. I'm like, <laughs> like what the hell, man? Come on. So, I that the that joke was brought to you by me being in New York City. I have now moved from one giant city to another. I don't think it's going to be a new arc, but it's just I wanted I thought it would be a funny way to start this podcast. Also, nothing rhymes with 70. I thought for a long time, so I had to come Heavenly up with a new intro. Heavenly is bit. close. It's bit of close, a slant rhyme. but yeah. I, I, I didn't want to. Sl- I didn't feel like a slant rhyme. I figured I wanted to mix it up a little. Oh, bit. you're too good um, but for here, a slant rhyme. Don't worry. Doesn't it just have don't to be the worry. last three letters that rhyme and not the last like Look, syllable? Shush, Let me just do my bits, okay? Stop no butting me. We need to. We need to do improv classes here because you all are terrible at it. Um, actually. Uh, <laughs> I think but, my improv. No, do, no. I think my improv of giving you shit is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That's not improv. That's just normal <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> that seems pretty genuine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, do not worry though. I have a lovely video game themed segue to this not necessarily video game themed introduction for our video game themed podcast, which is. You know how sometimes in video games they put, like, real places in it? That's interesting, isn't it? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, obviously, New York City, big one, Spider-Man, pretty, like, lots of Spider-Man games. So it's, you could probably have a whole podcast about New York City in Spider-Man games, but I've not played enough Spider-Man games to talk intelligently about it. I have. I, I have, and I know enough about it to be uh, to make it a solo podcast. I've never <laughs> yeah. been to to New York, so I can't do that part. But I Spider Man, I know him. <laughs> do they make? Uh, is there what video games take place in Canada? I bet there are some. Uh, there's Death Road to Canada. So, okay, Scott, but, Scott so, okay, versus the world. That that sounded oh, a yeah. lot more dismissive than I meant it to. There are games that like take place in Canada, but like. I meant more like take place in a specific real place in Canada uh, that like yes. you would have the same kind of landmarks as like New York City. Yeah, he brought up Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which takes place in Toronto, I believe. And it's like very overtly Toronto, like they um, reference Toronto things. I haven't 
I'm assuming so. I game yet. I, I played I played it a little bit, but I don't know Toronto enough to know the landmarks. Yeah, I got it yeah. recently, and also I've never been to Toronto, so. <laughs> I. I, and I know, like, you've got GTA, I know, has done a lot of, like, California stuff. And uh, Fallout has been pretty... I, I don't know, have all, do I all mean, the Fallout games take place in a specific postal, post-apocalyptic place? I, think uh, is, yeah. I know, like, I don't Vegas, know, obviously. I don't know, I don't know yeah, one and two, in, but... Three is in Washington, I think. And four is in Boston. Yeah, are yeah. they like? And then, uh, are they actually is copying West real Virginia. locations? Like, are there yeah. real different places from? Yeah, no. Uh, I have a friend who went to college in Boston, and then we were playing Fallout Four, and he's like, "Look, there's my street right down here." <laughs> oh, really? Wow, yeah. that's actually <laughs> that's cool. super cool. Because I guess I was just thinking about other some other examples, if I may. Um, mm-hmm. Is you may not. Oh, Actually, all right. it's okay. <laughs> um, I, I talked about this a little bit in the podcast J3 was that the um, – I've got a couple different examples – is that the Forza Horizon games take place in – they don't take place in like an, ex, an exact specific area, but they take place in just like a specific country, which is like just a sort of mashup of like semi-real locations within that country basically condenses the whole the whole place down into a you know video game sized map and then the game that i was thinking about which i i remembered uh, just before this podcast is that the uh, yakuza games uh, by sega have taken place in a region called kamarocho which is basically just based on the kabukicho district of uh tokyo uh and like in in very very based on it like they have a lot of streets and stuff are just directly just copies of their actual real life counterparts down to the actual like stores and brand names like they actually license the rights to actual japanese stores like they have the don quixote store in uh in a couple places in there and just a bunch of other actual like real places they also have of course the the club sega arcade centers and various other locations and i always thought of that course that they was have those really cool yeah well, of course they do because it's made by sega so of course they have the rights <laughs> to do it but it's also like really cool because you can go in there and the games take place like you know i think some of the games they, they, they start taking place basically in the real life year that the game came out in so if you go into the Club Sega Arcade, they have arcade games from that actual time period that are, like, emulated, and you can play them, which is <laughs> even more awesome. Yeah, that's fun. So there's a game that takes place in the 80s, so they're, like, Yakuza 0, and they have a bunch of real 80s Sega arcade games that you can just play, and it's really hmm. neat. Yeah, another another angle is, like, the Pokemon games, which, like, started... it, it that The evolution of... Uh, like how Pokemon games and the regions of them are based on real places is also kind of an interesting arc because like the first four games were regions of Japan to varying degrees. Like I feel like uh, yes, Lavender I Town, like Japan. Even, well, yeah, like so, like Kanto is like just an act. Like there's an actual place called Kanto in Japan. It's an actual just region of Japan, um, and it almost felt like it was just supposed to be like maybe a near future or like alternate uh, timeline kind of vibe and then sort of moved into like 
okay, this is like a, a, a different kind of Japan. And then like starting with Gen 5 where it's like, okay, this region takes place in like a place based on New York City, but like pretty loosely based. Like they basically have lower Manhattan and I think everything else is very different inside from like the shape of things. <laughs> but then like you get into like X and Y and Sun and Moon and uh, those in particular, even beyond the, the, the next two, like felt very m- devoted to representing France and Hawaii slash Polynesia. You know what I mean? Like it, it felt like it wasn't like a fun Easter egg, like, oh, this is actually based on this. But it's like, no, you know, this is France. Everybody is trying to be as French as possible. <laughs> All of the people, when you meet people from Kalos and other games, they speak French or have French accents. Every sentence starts with <laughs> "lay." Every, at least in the um, English localization. And so, like, that's that's interesting too. But I get part of it that is interesting is that, like, if you're making a live action show or movie and you want it to take place in a real place as a lot most places do most things do uh, you can just go to the place and film there like you can just go to actual new york or actual la um which is kind of funny when they don't do that and you get weird things like uh tumbleweeds 10 miles out of boston um yeah it's but like in a video game like you have to like make it like uh, unless you're doing a very an fmv game that takes i don't know many fmv games actually that take place outside in live action actually you know what would be a a really good counter example to what i'm talking about though no what uh wait oregon city gold isn't that what it's called oh (laughs) michael's game (laughs) yeah but like like legitimately like it's it's a video game that's about being in a real place, right? Like, hmm. you read the reviews of it, and people who are, are like, wow, yeah, like, I know about all this stuff. Like, it's it's so deeply personal to a particular region. And, like, video games don't do that very often because it's a lot harder compared to what you have to do by default, I guess is, is what I mean. Like, yeah. Like, like, you already, when you're making a video game, you already have to, like, do so much, like, digitally generated stuff mm-hmm. that fictionalizing a location you might as well because you're already doing it with the ui and the characters and and stuff unless you're going real deep on an fmv and i feel like the the sort of budgetary angle that fmv games take sort of precludes them from the kind of things that you need to do to have a comprehensive video experience of like a real place like filming actual video of a place and i do think like the sort of pictures of a visual novel style does kind of lend well to bridging that gap but like you think about it like most fmv games either take place in indoors yeah i feel like or the the actors are fmv but they're in animated or computer generated like environments like in front of a green screen basically right yeah yeah so like when a game takes place in a real place, there's a lot more intentionality and personal choice in that because it can't be a passive choice. It's not an easy choice. If you live in New York, it's a lot easier to just go outside and film New York than to go outside and film somewhere else, which is why so many things are about New York City. <laughs> because that's where... And, and, and LA. People. Yeah. 
And you're just like, oh, let's just go to these places that actually exist, and it's easier than going somewhere else. But in video games, don't have that luxury. So, like, when a game tries to evoke a specific real location, there's almost more meaning behind it because of that required intentionality, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, it certainly takes a lot more effort. And I also, that actually reminded me of another example, which is uh, L.A. Noir, which was the its entire rendition. It's supposed to take place specifically in 1940s, mid-1940s Los Angeles. And it a lot of the city layout and even some of the stores and buildings, kind of like with uh, what I mentioned with Camarocho, were painstakingly recreated from like old historical records, uh, business documents, and like I think even like ads and stuff from the time period. And back, it's like back I, when LA actually had a grid system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like they they recreated the entire layout of the town and everything, which is like that is a staggering amount of effort to put into this game for like i mean you know immersion in some sense because it really wanted to feel like a you know an, an old noir detective drama but you know that is some dedication to the cause and that's obviously very very crazy amount of work to to have to put in for that uh devotion john blue you got anything else to say on this topic I'm Not really. I'm trying like, to think of other than Spider-Man. I can't really talk about any other ones like truly in depth. Well, I mean, you haven't really talked about Spider. I mean, you've played a bunch of Spider-Man games, right? <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> well, no, 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 I will. I will it's look, a game. Just, it's just, a video game podcast. <laughs> yes, it's a video game podcast. I will curtail the conversation if it starts going overboard. As long as you promise to listen to me when I try to stop you, we can we can delve into this a little okay. bit. Because I do think it is interesting and perhaps like a landmark example, pun unintended. I tried to <laughs> – honestly, pun – it tried to be avoided and couldn't come up with anything else. Um, <laughs> like, okay, because I, I even remember like the GameCube game Spider-Man. I don't know what it was called. It's the Spider-Man on the GameCube. But, um, like, I remember conversations about that game and how it represented New York City. Yeah. So, so, like, there's – it's not just that it represents a city, but, like, it's one game's conceit. It's not a through line of developers, I guess. But taking this idea and evolving over it for at least 20 years, if not longer. Yeah, no, it's very interesting. Like, starting with – because, like, the first Spider-Man movie game that was on PS2, GameCube, and Xbox and whatnot, it was just, like, levels. It wasn't an open-world game. So it was, yeah. it was mm-hmm. just, like, interiors, and then when you had swaying sections outside, it was just a grid with random buildings put out. It wasn't, like, modeled after you. If you fall down on the all. street, you die. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just like real New York. If you touch the street, you die. So yeah. when they It implemented... was more like getting close to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close to the just... ground. You're still a good, like, 100, 200 feet up in the air. <laughs> But uh, the uh, you know real new what you're telling me real New York doesn't have just this invisible kill plane suspended <laughs> in the sky. <laughs> Unfortunately, not. So um, when they got the Spider-Man two, they were making an actual like open world game where you with an actual swinging system and you can go wherever, whatever you want. The whole idea was freedom. So the city is humongous, but Spider-Man is also very fast. You could probably get from one from like the north end of Manhattan. Uh, to the south end in like oh god not even 10 minutes uh probably like 
five minutes if you know what you're doing. And in Spider-Man 2, you also had you had Manhattan, and then you had like a, some interiors you can go to that were marked on your map. And it was very. It wasn't really like built to scale, or no, not, not. It wasn't built to scale, and it wasn't built like exactly how New York was. It was just like a regular grid city grid system with buildings throughout. It didn't match like mm-hmm. the typography uh, and geography of Manhattan, Ta- other t- than typography. Is that what? It, thank Ta- you. <laughs> you said typography. <laughs> Like I don't like, on the on the computer like I don't actually want to hit the keys. I got I got a B plus in English in English class. Okay, so, but but the um the only thing it got like it got correct uh building wise and size wise was landmarks like Empire State hmm. Building, Chrysler Building, all the bridges, the Central Park, the castle in Central Park. That was where like the only like things that were really accurate mm-hmm. to New York, and that and famously every single Spider Man game has cut off the north end of Manhattan where Washington Heights is. <laughs> that just does not exist in any Spider-Man game. I don't know why. Like like it's cut out on either side or like you just that's it where the boundary extend is. That far. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't extend like the north end, hmm. like stick end, peninsula end of Manhattan is just not in any of the games. It's just cut mm. off. Which is bizarre, but I think from a gameplay and traversal standpoint, it makes sense because I feel like that would be easier to, like, if you, like, get a really good swing from, like, the left end of that peninsula to the other, you would just, like, end up in the Hudson River. <laughs> so Yeah, I can see I can see how you could kind of get, like, stuck in, like, a concave area and it would be, you know, you'd lose some of that sense of the freedom of movement yeah. because you would you would have to ba- you would basically have to backtrack mm-hmm. whereas like in a sort of if you try to treat manhattan as more of a square you can you can always go two directions mm-hmm. to like you have a right angle that you can take and go somewhere else i i could see a, a justification for it mm-hmm. but at the same I time i i i bet that you you could work around it you could you could make it work if you really wanted to <laughs> yeah you really i think i think that's what they're going to do in the new game but um moving on from spider-man 2 and then they uh there's ultimate spider-man which honestly yeah. it's you move so fast in that game it feels like the city itself is smaller yeah oddly i enough. love that game yeah that, that game's great and you have like the the du- a double jump that's like severely overpowered like you could probably cross like maybe 10 city blocks with just the double jump <laughs> but it's that's a bit much yeah it's so it so by end the manhattan feels a lot smaller and you also have a queen the area of queens that you can go to and mm. which is kind of cool but you also from as uh, compared to spider-man 2 which you could go to roosevelt island you can go to ellis island you can go to the statue of liberty you can't do wow. that in ultimate spider-man uh, you just have queens and they made spider-man faster and a lot city feels smaller and again the building locations honestly it looks the most different uh to manhattan out of all of them uh so there's like there's not a lot there's like only a handful of landmarks that are there and they added a lot more since it's based on the comic book they added a lot more um uh, uh marvel location uh, lo- landmarks than uh actual mm. new york landmarks like uh Doc- mm. Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum I believe, is in there. <laughs> like Doctor Strange's house, yes. Yes, his house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Excuse me for using nerd terminology. Thank you. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what the Baxter Murdoch Building? And Nelson. Uh, I don't think they're in Ultimate Spider-Man. But they could. Oh, they could be though. Ultimate, right? Uh, I'm getting it confused with the PS4. Yeah, and then there's um, like the Fantastic Four's like building. Yeah, and then there. That's <laughs> that's like a giant like. 
oh my god it's like a, an eyesore when you look at the map by itself because it just sticks out like a sore thumb it's like the brightest <laughs> like most glass building <laughs> ever and then um then there's like the trash building where the world trade center what uh is supposed to be and then there's a lot of liberties are taken with uh ultimate spider-man Sp- except the statue except the statue uh, of Liberty that you cannot go oh. yeah <laughs> all right next game next game uh spider-man 3 uh (laughs) this one is tricky because this time the city is humongous it's and it and it's so big it makes you feel slow when you're swinging through it and it's it feels like it's built to scale because i'm if you see like a a video of spider-man 3 like free roaming it's like oh my god this looks completely different like you can't see a rooftop Unless you go really, really high in that in that game, and it was the first time where I think they got the layout of Manhattan correct and the feeling of actually being on the Manhattan streets, where you're just like surrounded at all times by buildings, people, and uh, crime, <laughs> just like New York. <laughs> but, this is true, and and it's just very. It, it definitely captures. I'm not sure like how it accurate is like landmark wise because there's definitely more like landmark tokens that in collectibles you can go to but the thing is the city's still it's spider-man 3 of the game so it's still ugly as hell <laughs> to, go, yeah. to go through it's not it's not a looker so capture new york really good but they, uh it's, um but it's uh yeah no, it's very interesting and then um then web of shadows basically recycled the um, actually web of shadows recycled the manhattan map used in prototype 2 famously Unless you're talking about the PS2 version, which was a Metroidvania side-scroller 2D game. For Web of Sh- oh yeah, Web of Shadows was very interesting. But I'm talking about I'm talking about Manhattan, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the time that was like probably really accurate, but it's still it's still wasn't like they took a wireframe map of Manhattan to get like every size of the building buildings down and make it just feel like it. it just felt like rectangle, 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 rectangle all over the place. Uh, traversal wise i think it was a bit smaller than spider-man 3's and it didn't and only at times it captured like the feeling of going of being in new york but most of the time it really wasn't but you could slide on your knees up the side of a building and so that gives it extra points i could talk about the animations and web of shadows <laughs> till i die <laughs> okay, we can't work we gotta stay on topic all right all right next game uh let's see the next open world one um Shadow Dimensions didn't have an open world, and then... Neither did Edge of Time. Edge of Time. And then there was Amazing Spider-Man, which is... Oh, yeah. It's okay. I mean, it's... uh, It introduced the, like, slow down time and uh, pick a place to zip to thing. I think uh, both... That Batman later became famous for, the Arkham game? No. uh, No. Or it's different. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you get like a first-person view through the lenses and the mask, and you see like a Spider-Man doing a weird like a whatever pose he'll be at when he gets to that point. So whether he's like perching on top of something or yeah. flinging himself to the side of the building, I don't know. It, yeah, I like that up, mechanic. Oddly enough, the traversal yeah, it's 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 fun at first, but then it's like after a while you beat the game and you're like, uh. It's like uh, you're basically just saying, "Go tell Spider-Man go there," and then he does it without you 
hitting any other buttons. Like, it doesn't feel satisfying it, for me, personally. You're What you're saying is, <laughs> it doesn't make you feel like Spider-Man. <laughs> you see, I was hoping we wouldn't have to say that phrase at all during this no, entire you didn't. discussion. You didn't. <laughs> I, did. I said it. You don't have to say it. I did. Uh... But, John, what about the game where you feel like Spider-Man? I would hate to see the audio wavelength on that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that was bad. It's actually not that bad. It's not that bad. It looks normal. It like, sounded I, I may terrible not sound good, but <laughs> It might sound terrible, but it, it looked it, the visual of the waveform looked fine. I can tell you that. Great. So, yeah. uh, I'm so, so glad. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, it's like, well, first one got like the lighting of New York down. Other than that, it really didn't get that much other than there's the Empire State Building, and then it just made the rest of the city up. And then same with <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 2, but this time the lighting's worse and the game looks ugly. I don't even want to count that. <laughs> and then Insomniac decided to do what I always wanted, thought they should do. Just take a model frame of a Manhattan map on Google Earth or something. Take a wireframe, do the entire layout, and then take out whatever buildings if you want. Um, and take your Marvel like landmark liberties. And so Spider-Man PS4 legit looks like manhattan from when you're on the streets just walking around buildings towering over you people's all over there all over the place and then um enough to the point where i showed my dad the game he's like oh my god that's that's new york that is flat out new york (laughs) (laughs) it it really it feels like it it's like when if not sure like it really feels yeah, it like New like, York. Yeah. The sense of scale, the sense of scale feels perfect. <laughs> when you do a double jump, you don't like go across like fifteen city blocks. You go like t- three feet. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like the sense of scale and speed is like perfect in that in that game to make it feel like you're in a giant city, but you can you're still like a superhero, like you're still flying above city skyscrapers, and then you still want to go down and like almost hit a bus while you're swinging or something like that. I do love almost getting hit by buses. <laughs> and it has the most and it has the most Manhattan landmarks in any Spider-Man game. There's with some Marvel liberties taken here and there. Like there's the there's the firehouse from Ghostbusters. It's there. It's in the city with the little like Ghostbuster with the little like ghost like uh, graffiti on it and whatnot. It looks adorable. It's awesome. And then uh Trump Tower is Fisk Tower. Which is hilarious. Nice. <laughs> uh, and then with some of the geography is a little different, but it's in the same general area where it would be. And then there's like the the Wall Street Bull is Lockjaw from the Inhumans. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's that's adorable. Um, I don't know what was supposed to be in the place of Avengers Tower in in that game, but um, is, uh... you mean that's not a real landmark? Was it the... Not, not yet. What's it called? <laughs> not yet. The one that's a car. Toyo, not Toyota Tower. Chrysler Tower? That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, the the Chrysler Building, yes. Chrysler Building? Uh. Which, which was, oddly enough, taken out of the Miles Morales game because they couldn't, they didn't want to pay for, to get the uh, rights to it again. Hmm. hmm. Uh, so I'm not sure if it'll show up in Spider-Man 2 or not. Or PS, PS5 Spider-Man 2. Now that um, Marvel has Disney money behind it, they could Disney may just build Avengers Tower. 
<laughs> for like a headquarters. Like, oh, we're gonna make a new headquarters and we're gonna call it Avengers Tower. Disney's well, like they could a, do that. Di- well, Disney, Disney Disney's having a rough day. <laughs> so I they are. But okay, I understand this, and I'm not gonna argue with you on that. But they've had a lot of days that were not rough. Yeah. So I but think they, are, they would still be able to pull it off if they really wanted losing to. Losing a dollar to them is like the apocalypse. So they're <laughs> they're having a bad time, and they are not very willing to do that sort Just of thing. Just let me live my capitalism dreams, Blue. <laughs> the American dream. Captain Hoping American a corporation dream. does something cool. Um... <laughs> Okay, so that was that was a good talk about real places in video games. But now we have to talk about video games in real places. I knew you Namely, were gonna say that. The the the, <laughs> the internet and uh ones that people can have in their homes. Um the thing that comes to mind for me, Mario Wonder got a new trailer. Looks pretty cool, though it is funny that Nintendo absolutely categorically refuses to make a video game where the multiplayer is the same for local multiplayer and online multiplayer. To, they have to be two completely different experiences. To be there can fair, be no overlap. To be fair. Oh yeah. Do we really oh, yeah, think, what's fair about it? Do we really think online co-op in with Nintendo Switch online servers would be good? They can figure it out by now. <laughs> yeah, we, we I don't would know. Hope Pokemon so. is like the smallest game thing ever. I Th- think, think only I've the only person who's heard that's of it. A, so Pokemon's Pokemon's online. Pokemon is jank. Pokemon's online. I don't think generally has issues. It doesn't have like performance issues so much as design issues where it's like anything other than battling someone in pokemon online it's just like yeah there's a lot of people around me okay i'm just saying i can't do anything disney i think they've been having pretty much a good day all the time (laughs) so i feel like they could pay for a little bit extra techno wizardry that other companies can do but all I'm saying is that like they already have people bouncing around in that multi that like you're you're basically playing with like a bunch of ghosts like you know translucent people playing the level at the same time as you somewhere in the world or like your friends and like sometimes if your ghosts like occupy the same 2D space then you like a power up might pop up or you get a little ding or something and it's like you're still going to have the same amount of if it's jank it's still gonna look jank and it's still gonna affect those things in a jank way so like i don't understand why you i I can understand like having that option for people to experience online in that way if they don't necessarily like have a good internet connection or if they don't have random people that they can or they don't have like friends that they can play this with i think if nintendo just wants to focus on like uh, for online support, it just wants to focus on the games that they think have a big enough audience to where they think they but, absolutely need to have good online support. And for them, I think from a business point of view, it's not exactly worth it to put it in a 2D Mario side-scroller when the, most of the fun generates from local <laughs> co-op on those. It's still fairly in-depth, but I guess I see your point in that most of the depth comes from 
the the ideas behind it rather than maybe the work that it takes to make those ideas yeah. work plus it's like i, I guess I, I think for me i mean i mean i mean i think it's still inexcusable that it's still that it's still that it's not there like like you can't just like oh i live alone i but i'm stuck at home and i want to play with my friend who's on the other side of the country in super mm-hmm. mario brothers right now we both have the game. Yeah, why don't like, why don't we play What if you were still in London? Yeah, what if I was still in London? Yeah, well, what would I do? We just want more Nintendo games to play on Game Caller Family Game Night is what we're I saying. Mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, maybe they true. may do they may do a Super Mario Party. They may pull a Super Mario Party and and do it in like half a year or two years or however long Super Mario Party took to get yeah. like actual regular that, online multiplayer. That's a good they point. They may do it that. Could, it could come. It could come in the future. They could be working on it right now, and this is just what they could they could get at right now because they want to yeah. do the Nintendo difference or the Nintendo spin on online. Because basically, what mm-hmm. it says, it's like basically how this is right now. It's basically just how Dark Souls Online works, <laughs> where you run into shadows of other <laughs> players, bit. and some give you messages, and some give you. Items and it's impossible to be mean on purpose, I think. <laughs> you cannot fight people. You can race. You can set up a race in a level. That is a thing you can do. I think um, I think you cannot Honestly, I think that's mean. what Nintendo wants to avoid with the happy go lucky 2D Mario side scroll. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which unless it cause like the only games that make sense for, for that to happen is Smash Brothers and Mario Kart. For the well, whole, no, no, and Mario no, Party. actually, and no, Mario Party. No, the whole no, point no. is to be a dick to other players. <laughs> yeah, John, but I'm going to, I'm going to have to give you a hard, you're wrong on that one because like the whole theming of Super Mario 3D World is mess up your friends to get a higher score. Like, Just with the crown. Other than that, you're all basically but, like working together to clear the enemies. But like and that, that sort of push and pull of like. Trying to complete the level, but still trying to do better. Like, that that leads to aggression and, like, negativity in in a way that I feel like is contrary to your point there. Like, I don't know. Super Mario Brothers, New Super Mario Brothers Wii and New Super Mario Brothers U certainly enabled you to mess your friend, like, grab your friends and throw them off a cliff. Like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a thing that's particularly well avoided. So I don't know exactly here, here, how strong of that can be. But well, I think if you're thing. dealing with complete strangers, I do think they don't want I do think that they don't want like that was, to have to deal that was with actually the ca- in that. that was the counterpoint I was going to make. It's like, what's more fun to be a dick to your friends or a dick to be complete strangers? It's be a dick to your friends. Yep. <laughs> By a long shot. Your friends will forgive you. Complete strangers won't. I mean, it yeah. On <laughs> they'll how just much keep an- you are. They'll just keep annoying you until the sun dies. <laughs> yeah. They will. They will. They will form grudges. Yeah. Anyway. I'm a, I'm excited about Mario Wonder. Me too. Um, oh, absolutely. But but uh, well, why don't we? Is there are there any other games? We're coming up on the like you know fall game bulge. Or I don't know. There's got we need to come up with a term for this. Like there's a lot of a lot of good video games tend to be released a little like a month or so before Christmas, so that the initial shock of the game coming out can pass in time for the Christmas rush to show up. Right. But I feel like we don't have a name for this. A flood? No. Well, like, okay, because, like, you have the idea of the summer blockbuster, right? Like, you have a summer blockbuster, and that's, like, a kind of movie, Mm, right? And I feel like we have – I feel like fall blockbuster or autumn blockbuster doesn't quite evoke the the same thing. Because blockbuster, I feel like, doesn't quite 
hit video games in the same way. We'll just take it but, from uh, fo- from football terminology. Just call it big game season. Big, big game season. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna go like not Halloween yet. <laughs> no, it's usually because it, it, it can be after Halloween. It's oh, like no. late October to mid November. All the the games I care about, I think, are October. So it's it's also like usually it's like there's a Mario game in late October. Like that's actually been pretty consistent. I feel like yeah for like because I think I think um. Mario Odyssey came out in late October, I'm pretty sure. But then, like, there's there's some big hit. Metroid came out I, last, I, I, la, uh, not last fall, two yeah, falls the, ago. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What's what's the... And Zelda's always been in May. Yeah, what are what are, what are are the big... Like, we have... Um, it's a little early for it, but we have, like, Starfields just came out recently, I think, right? People are at least getting review code. I think people... Review, reviews are, are out, are people... and, then the ga- um, and then early access started, like, today. So pe- okay, or yesterday at least. So like people so are pre-ordering we know, and doing it now, and then so ne- and do we know which is better yet? Uh, between Starfield and what? I missed. I missed what the question was. Outer Worlds, Starfield, and the the best video game idea on the planet, Garfield. Oh. <laughs> Starfield versus Garfield. So... The ultimate battle. I like how you joked about that before the podcast, and I still forgot that was going to be. <laughs> I was kind of, I was in. legitimately kind of waiting to see if you, if it would, if it would click before I said it. <laughs> I was still, um, I still had Spider Man on the brain, so I'm like, what the hell are you talking was, about? Has, has Starfield <laughs> been on your radar? For me, it's no. been, it was kind of one of those things where it was like it was announced so early that I basically tuned out all information about it because, like, I don't, I don't want to like think about this game until it's coming out. And it kind of like made me miss like paying attention to when it was actually coming out. Um, well, he, I feel like here's the, it didn't been, have quite a big huh? media push, right? Yeah, it's, it's like a, a really big deal for a lot of people. And it's then, like, it's I, having a big marketing media push in like gamer space. It's not like I guess. it's not going to be like a GTA where you're where like everyone and their mother is going to see marketing for it or or anything. I just feel like I would have seen more. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, I guess I've been a little busy, but. I I feel like I've seen I this this is it. I feel like there are other times before this video game came out where I was hearing about Starfield more than when it was about to release. <laughs> I think they're just relying more like on inner space between gamers and and word of mouth because like all, the big I guess yeah the biggest marketing push they had was that big uh, Starfield direct they had during E three season, and it's like it's specifically during E three season. And after that, they had like what. Like release like small trailers on their YouTube page, and granted, I'll have YouTube ads, so I don't know how often they've been playing those like ads on you on YouTube uh, for like other people and other gamers within with that with the gamer space. People in their and algorithms. gamers, two <laughs> two different their, groups, people algorithms. and gamers in their algorithm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I just like how you said people and gamers yep. as if those are two. Two separate Venn diagram, two separate circles on the Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that uh, is uh, am I not am not the only one who thinks that? All right, what what <laughs> other what other games are coming out in the big game season? <laughs> Alan Wake yes, two. it's sticking. Alan Wake Alan two. Wake. Yes, Can't, uh, yeah. that's gonna be fun. That's in October twenty fourth. Now I believe it, uh, it was the same like time as Spider Man roughly, and then they. I guess. It again, I think. I yeah, I guess still after. I, I, 
I think part of it, like, I think this is part of the season, though obviously it's not itself a big game, but, like, the Pokemon DLC, I think the first one comes out sometime soon Wait, no. in let me check my, fall. Let me check my Gamefly queue to see what's yeah, coming up. Hang on here. that yet, so. I also uh, just, like, haven't been paying super close attention to, like, new releases because I've been trying to get through my backlog and other stuff. Oh, yeah, oh, no, my. of course. The Eternal Struggle. I always get, like... I, I pay attention to the Pokemon DLC, A, because I probably will get it because I'm just broken like that. But also, um, I, I play a lot of Pokemon Showdown. And so when, when the new stuff, the new stuff gets put in there instantly. So like they add a new move. And like when you're actually playing the video game, I think a lot of the time it's like, oh, you don't ever actually really get to use this move because it's like on one Pokemon and mm. it's use in like, in it's use against like your average AI trainer is not actually that helpful. But then it's like the one I'm really interested about is the um, the new psychic type move that blocks all healing. Like that's a thing that's never happened before. Wow, and it's not going to break everything. So the, well, no, there's more likely it's, it's incredibly. It's an attack though, so it does. Um, I think it, I think it has a fairly high base power too. Like so I, I think just, it might be eighty. It's heal block, but an attack. Yeah, so you do cool. damage, and also so you can't be it can't be taunted. This is we're getting deep in the pain a bit here, but uh, you can't be taunted out of it, and uh, I think it's it's not. I think it's eighty base power. I'm not sure that that feels in the general scope like eighty is sort of like a, a base power where moves will still have additional beneficial effects, and then like past ninety is when moves tend to have some sort of. Um, uh, like downside like oh it's 120 base power but 80 accuracy yeah or like or recoil damage or something right and 90 is sort of a middle ground where it can kind of go either way like a lot of like you know there's a lot of moves where it's like oh this is a 90 base power move and it has a 10 percent chance to decrease a stat but then you also have the other side where it's like it's a 90 base power move but it has recoil damage and so like 90 is a, is sort of a gray area there and then, um, and then there's so surf. that makes me think. That's why that's part of why I'm guessing a certain no surf is in surf is, is has a lot of that because it's got modern surf is has caveats and doubles because oh that's true yeah hits, it hits it your hits both foes but it yeah. also hits your partner that's, that's true. why um, you just need to have water drain or whatever what is it a water absorb uh, yeah. or storm drain you're confused water drain. absorb and yeah. storm drain yeah um. But then also, uh, like Earth, that's why Earthquake is such a good move because it's in singles at least. It's a 100 base power move with basically no other effect, which is actually pretty good because most moves that strong have some kind of downside. I just want. Well, isn't I, it randomized? I, what or is that just magnitude? No, you're thinking that? of magnitude. Okay. I thought um, Earthquake also did that. But. No, I mean Earthquake's Earthquake's weakness is that flying type and levitate Pokemon yeah. are immune to it. But that's the that's the case for every ground type move. Yep. Uh, and then, but then also in double battles, it has the the same like it hits both foes, but it also hits your ally. But it's also a little bit easier to work around hitting your ally because there's a lot more Pokemon that are either flying type or have levitate than have either the ability Storm Drain or Water Absorb. <laughs> I just wanted to say I was so ready to go off uh, or not go off or um, just go on and on about all the big games for big game season coming out. And then next thing I know, you were talking about Pokemon again. <laughs> <laughs> well, people ask follow up questions, so I'm not 
I'm not taking responsibility. Okay, what real quick, what are some other big games for big game season? Uh, okay. Assassin's Creed Mirage, October fifth. <laughs> Uh, so people are people liking Assassin's Creed again now. They didn't like it for a while, the, and then they did the Greece one. This one, and I, I think they liked that one. This one I like making fun of because because like, every single like piece of marketing is like, oh, we're going back to original Assassin's Creed formula, not the original RPG. We're going back to the series roots. It's gonna be more realistic. And then they show gameplay footage of the protagonist teleporting around the map. I'm like, are you <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Come on, Assassin's supposed to do their Challenge. Yeah, I don't know. Well, let's, no, see the, let's see the other assassins can do let's, that. Let's check the other twenty obviously, games. See how they does that. <laughs> obviously, John. Before they invented motor vehicles, people couldn't drive places, so they had to fast travel. Uh, we just stopped fast traveling because we invented cars. But back in the day, people had to fast travel. I, I, like know your history, John. I wish. I, Come on. I just. I just wish I learned that in driver's ed. Okay. <laughs> um alone in the dark reboot coming out october 25th i'm kind of losing interest in this game so i'm just gonna rent it I, originally i was just gonna buy it because like alone in the dark that's awesome and then now every single marketing just, just like the game just seems more and more dull and bland to me personally but that's just i think that's just personal taste uh is it like a remaster or like a remake, kind of like the Resident Evil it's games, a, where it's like it's kind yeah, of a different game? Yeah, it's a full remake. Like the, it's like they're taking like the original scenario of Alone in the Dark One, which was pretty much like the fo- founder of like the Resident Evil formula at the, at first. Okay, and then now they're making a Resident Evil Two out of it remake. Interesting. And then Mario RPG November seventeenth. Oh, oh, that's right. That's I forgot right. about that. Yeah, I might actually I'm, play that now. I'm really excited for that one, honestly. Yeah, yeah, because that that's that's a that's a like a, a it, it inhabits such a specific place in video game lineage, in the sense that it spawned two different Mario RPG series that still really directly trace their roots back to it, right? Like Paper yeah. Mario yeah. and Mario and Luigi, both very clearly build on ideas from mario 7 stars whatever <laughs> yeah i forgot the name already super mario it's a little RPG. long legend of the, the seven le- yeah, stars the legend right of the seven stars super yeah. mario rpg but in different ways right and so i i think it's like just from like a game history point of view i'm i'm interested in it sort of like with mega man games where it's like well i'm gonna have to play the bad ones because i kind of want to know what happened but <laughs> they're not good video games sometimes uh or not fun at least yeah um after that uh or not after that but like october 17th sonic superstars oh yeah that it looks good it oh, looks yeah. fine <laughs> that's that's like the the equivalent of sonic 5 right or like whatever they're going it's for the like one that has that. local co-ops so it's better than my <laughs> Is that the one? Is that the one with like Sonic Tail? Oh yeah, yeah, I have seen this. Okay, I th- I thought this honestly, I thought this game already came out. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, it's where you can play as Sonic, Knuckles, Tails, and Amy. Yeah, and it looks also yeah. it looks cute. It, look it looks like a good rental for me personally. I don't I don't have like any desire to buy it. I still got to play Sonic Frontiers. Uh, Detective Pikachu Returns is yeah. October. That's 6th. right. Yep. I never Which played is, the original. I haven't. De- uh, blue. Blue. What? Blue. What do you want? Detective Pikachu. No, there was already there were already two, weren't there? No. This no, is the I, second one. This is the second. No, you're thinking of the movie. 
No, I I thought that there was like two games that didn't get localized, or like one of Detective Pikachu. Uh, yeah, I thought I it had so. a sequel that didn't get localized. I'm pretty sure this is that sequel that they were planned that they were planning oh, on coming out with Detective Pikachu two okay. for the 3ds, and then it just like never really materialized until okay, right that, now. Yeah. All I know is it was like a vaguely Ace Attorney situation, and yeah. Yeah, so as far Ace as Attorney I know, it never came out. Investigations didn't get localized. Still need to do it. They still better do it at some point. I'm waiting. They managed to make the great Ace Attorney work. Uh, next, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, oh, November 10th. Same day as every I'm other sure year, good, but every oh year, boy. same day. Uh, this guy is out of our, out of our wheelhouse, out of our wheelhouse. Yeah, that is but I, I appreciate. I do think yeah. we have this. I do think Call of Duty have, has come back a bit. Uh, it has, but like we have this yeah. attitude, and it's still going to sell thirty plus million copies. Oh, so. no, no, I think it's good. Oh, yeah. It's we're just not the demographic. We're just not the demographic. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. We, we are. Fine. We are. We are outside the mainstream. Yeah. For Anna, I have to mention uh, Fashion Dreamer is November 3rd. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Fashion games are trying their best. I really hope they can stick the landing soon. Because, like, they've had... Go- uh, and I mean that in the sense that, like, there have been good fashion games, as far as I can tell. But, like, there hasn't been, like... I- I- I'm hoping for, like, a Stardew Valley of fashion games. Like, I just want that for the people who play fashion games. Because I feel like they haven't quite had that yet. Hmm. And I feel like you could do it. And maybe this will be it. I'm not sure, but um, what makes a good fashion game, though? I think we need to ask the fashion game fans That's true. on the podcast that question. There's the new Harvest Moon. Is they're making it... a new one? Oh yeah, there's like yeah. ten thousand um, farming games coming out on Switch. Oh oh oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This the, well, this la- is the last direct was platforms. kind of a big farming direct. The Winds of Anthos is the September Winds 26th. Anth- That's an actual, like, Harvest Moon brand title? Yeah. The, wow. that is It's complicated because of the rights to that name, I think. Yeah, the, the, there's we, we can't get into the whole <laughs> Harvest Moon yeah. Story of Seasons thing yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, unless there's any, like, must-mention titles, I think we need to start getting into games we've been playing in recent times. Yeah. Well, uh, quick foam before stars the, is before this that, sometime. <laughs> foam stars. Before that, stars. before that, oh, I, man. Before we get into that, I just want to do a quick rundown to fully hammer in how crazy this uh, game season is because I got like ten thousand more. The big game season. season. Uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat. Games. Mortal Kombat One, September nineteenth. Uh, NBA Two K twenty four, September eighth, same day every year. Metal Gear Solid Master Collection, October twenty fourth. Um, Payday Three, September twenty first. Lords of the Fallen reboot October 13th. What the hell is Crime Boss Rocky City? I've not seen anything for that. Uh, Oh, that's the one that's just all celebrities being like, here's this random game. They put a lot of money into marketing and it's going to be terrible. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Lies of P comes out uh, September 19th. Kind of lost hype for that game personally. Uh, The Crew. The Crew Motor Fest. Oh my god. So many things here. Uh, All right, we we are John. We are Avatar in December. That's it. (laughs) Okay, we are driving precipitously into a a reading Wikipedia podcast, and we cannot (laughs) we cannot do that. 
Um, I'm not I don't reading know if you're on Wikipedia. I'm not reading. I know, Wikipedia. but you're reading. You're reading a list. You're reading a list, and that those are the worst podcasts. I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to hammer home our point that this season is. I crazy. know <laughs> it's fine. I'm cutting you off though before it gets too much. Um, okay, games we've been playing in recent times. I'll start. I uh, I I did it. I played Pokemon Sleep. I don't know if I mentioned this um, last podcast, but so you, went, playing you went to for, bed. You went to bed. I went to sleep. Yes. Uh, it's. I mean, they've got it. I mean, it does not. I don't think it tracks your sleep very well. I'm pretty sure it's it's not great at that. But if you're if you're not trying to game the system, like it doesn't really matter that it's not very good at it. I have learned that I do not make many interesting noises while I sleep. Uh, it really does not work if you are not in a bed where it's okay for your phone to fall out of the bed because you have to leave your phone in your bed, which is not something I've typically done in my life. That, and not every bed has a good place to keep your phone from falling out, or, or so like that's that can be an issue. You're it's just, also like you're supposed to hold it in your mouth to keep it from. You like have to feed the Snorlax three times a day, and like it's it's fairly simple to just keep it as an idle thing. You really only need to engage with it those three times a day because everything else basically like you can do stuff, but it doesn't really matter if you do it earlier rather than later. But uh. There are times where it's like, oh, well, you know, the Snorlax is about to go up to the next level where it will allow you to get more potential Pokemon when you sleep. And so then you kind of stay up later because you're waiting for the berries to come out to feed the Snorlax to get it over that bit. And like having to do it like first thing in the morning. I don't know. It's it, it's worked for me so far. I might keep doing it just for the novelty of it until I just get flat out tired of it. It's fine. I have been doing it every day, so I can't be like, oh, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> um, But... I yeah, I think it, like it lives up to tempered expectations. Let's say, <laughs> like there was the there was the other expectation was like this is gonna revolutionize sleeping, and it didn't do that. But like, it works. But who it's really functional. thought it was? I mean, Probably that was it was like the fun way to talk it. about it. It was the fun way to talk about mm. it. Um, the other game I've played, I've done a bit more of. I've taken a break from Mega Man Battle Network because that was a lot. I basically have played the the first Mega Man Battle Network collection, just playing to the credits, not doing all the bonus material. I that was like sixty hours, which is about how much I have spent in each of the other collections, completing them a hundred percent. So yeah, so uh, I needed a break. So I saw I, I took a break after three. Um, and I've been playing uh, Link's Awakening on Nintendo Switch Online. I, I played through Dungeons yes. 5 and 6. I'm in the middle of 7. Uh, I liked 5 and 6. The 6's bosses were really underwhelming. Have you done the um, the dungeon? I don't know what the numbers are, but have you done the dungeon where you have to um, like destroy like the second floor or something like that? Yes, that's the one I'm on right now. It's rough. It's, yeah. it's a bit too much. <laughs> it's a bit too much at once. There, there's there's a little bit too much going yeah, on. I remember. I... It, it introduces like three mechanics, and some of them are like, like one of them is like, oh, you have to you have the switches, but then the switches are on multiple floors, and it's really hard to keep track of like which state the switch is supposed to be in because they don't. Me- and they fixed this actually. No, they had this in. I guess I guess it makes sense because the the game it had to work on Game Boy. But even still, you could have done it for the Game Boy Color. In in Link to the Past, like you could, it helped you remember because of the color. So you could remember, oh, the red switches need to be up, or the blue switches need to be up. But 
it doesn't have that I, I'm, unless I'm misremembering significantly. There's no visual distinction between the switches that are up with with whatever button press. Yeah. So you just have to remember what the other switches are supposed to look like for whatever switch you want to flip. And even if it was just that and like navigating that, it would be one thing. But then you also have to figure out how to get this big heavy ball around the second floor. <laughs> and you also have to think about you have to think about how you need to fall down from the second floor to the first floor. And I haven't even I oh, know there's man. four floors in this thing and I haven't even gotten to the third floor oh, yet. No. So there's just and I don't even know what the item have I gotten the item in this dungeon? I oh no, I did get the item. It was a mirror shield, which had nothing to do with anything I had been doing in the dungeon. Sure it like it well. helps you not take damage from one thing, but you can't even use it. To kill the laser guys. You can reflect <laughs> their lasers, but it doesn't kill the guys. And it's like, what is the point of the mirror shield then? <laughs> but otherwise, so I, and I'm in the middle of that, so it's at its most frustrating. Okay. Um, uh, I won't, but, I won't spoil uh, the puzzle solution for you, but I will say it involves the, uh, the ball, the ball thing. And it took. Yeah, you know, yeah, no. Uh-huh. No, I've I've got I've got the I know what you're supposed to do with the I at least I know one of the things you're supposed to do with the ball. Um, yeah, there's one. It's th- just get. Uh, there may be another thing that I have to do with the ball. I'll figure it out. Um, but it, otherwise, I, like I do enjoy the game. Um, I I it does kind of. They have sort of fixed a problem with Link to the Past in the sense of like, how do you figure out what you're supposed to do? Well, they put all these houses with the phone guy in them, and the phone guy just tells you what you need to do next. But then it's also like. You run into a lot of things where it's like, oh, there's no way that you know you'd need to do this without the phone guy. I'm glad I have the phone guy so I don't have to just wander around and hope to eventually stumble upon the right answer. But at the same time, it is kind of weird that I'm just sort of listening to the phone guy arbitrarily tell me to go revive this chicken um, <laughs> so that I can use it for something later. Anyway, that that's sort of where I'm at video game-wise. I'm going to try to finish Link's Awakening, and then I'll probably get back into Battle Network, and then maybe play a new video game <laughs> at some point. Blue, what video game have you been playing in recent times? Well, in the most recent of times, as, as in like five minutes before we started the podcast, nope, too recent. Uh, my Steam Deck arrived. Yeah, mm. so setting that up as you spoke. So Blue, what do you, here's my question for what you. What do you plan to play? What, well, that, that's another question. But my question is, what did, made you decide to buy a Steam Deck? What was like, alright, this is why I'm buying the Steam Deck. Um, well, I, a lot of things, I guess. I didn't really need the, like, cloud thing so much. But I do, like bringing stuff on the train with me because I have very long commutes to and from work every day and I mean this comes with a carrying case so that's nice my switch did not and so I always feel bad shoving it in my bag with a bunch of objects and it getting dinged up and I'm like I should stop doing this because I'm a bad parent (laughs) (laughs) My child is a healthy relationship with video games, I'm sure. I like how you've had this thing for like less than an hour and you're like, I'm already a bad parent. (laughs) No, the 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 switch is what I usually or half the time I take and half the time like I should not. Uh, But I do I did 
I've been remembering a bunch of like PSP games that I either played a little bit of and wanted to finish one day, or like old PS2 games or whatever. So the Steam Deck, one of when it was first like revealed, the one of the first things I heard about it was that it's really good for emulating, and so I'm gonna do a bunch of that. I think. So it'll be cool playing like PS2 games on a train at like good quality. Good luck figuring that out because that's also a reason why I was I was considering getting a Steam Deck, but then I realized oh I'm got to learn how to put Windows on this thing and then see if that's being reliable or not. Uh, get more drivers and whatnot. Get the right emulators. Hope that works. And uh, emulation for me is just too much of a hassle. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I have no patience I don't for know. I've never used a Linux thing, and it was it's, so far it was like, go to the store, download this app. Now you can emulate Windows. Yeah, congratulations. My, my understand, like the that's kind of one of the nice things about the Steam Deck, from what I understand, versus like its competitors, is that everybody else uses some form of Windows, and of course, Windows is not really made to be used on a you know, console, little handheld device like this. And so there's a lot of, like, weird issues and, and hiccups and, and hurdles you have to, you know, hoops you have to jump through to change things or configure things. So, like, even though a lot of those devices are more powerful, like, the Steam Deck is just so much more usable by, you know, anyone who's not, like, a technical wizard because the um the the OS is just like really well made and like very tailored to this use case even though yeah. like it's you know it, it's a little unusual because it's based on Linux but it it despite that fact is very very user friendly in its interface and all that and it's because it's a it's a bespoke system made for this product it's all integrated very very well yeah so far it's like is easy is going to the app store and downloading an app. Like maybe I just haven't hit the part where it gets complicated. I'm also yeah. dumb. <laughs> also dumb. I don't have. That's a, fair. I don't. I don't like. I have no experience with Linux whatsoever. So I'm like. I mean, yeah. neither do I. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's the thing. Is the whole point is that you don't need Linux experience to use this thing on a daily. Like you, you shouldn't need to tinker with Linux or do the command line or anything like that. No, that's like the, the. I didn't know there was a store where you can just download an app and that'll be it. <laughs> it's it's Steam, John. Hey, well, you know. no, there's a separate thing. There's like. Oh, there is. It's called Discover. Oh, oh, that's that's actually part of the. Well, I could get into the weeds on that, but that's actually that. Yeah, that's because it uses the KDE desktop environment. That's like an app. That's a Linux app. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, Linux does have like nice, decent front ends for a lot of the common stuff that you'd want to do these days. Um, I've been using it for like a long time on my desktop PC, so I'm a lot more kind of familiar with it. But yeah, they it's easier than it used to be. Yeah, I, I can see that. Because all I heard about it was like, oh, it's so hard and complicated. I was like, well, if I get one, I guess I'll just learn. And then I, just, I got it, and apparently I don't need to, so far at least. Yeah, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> John. Yes, hi. Games I've... What video games have you been playing in recent times? Uh, oh. 
So. Oh wait, sorry. Did you have more? Yeah, I didn't get to talk oh, about uh, <laughs> last time. I d I didn't get to talk about Somnium Files. I finished that. Ooh, the first one or the second? The second one. one. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I'm not sure what they're gonna do for the next one because I got the secret ending, and. <laughs> it's it might end it's it's sort of like virtue's last reward we're like this could be really important for the next game and then they might just end up like ignoring it completely <laughs> yeah i yeah. uh i know what you mean <laughs> yeah I, I don't i don't know how more to explain it than that it's just it could be the next game could be a completely different thing from the first two or it will just not have happened. <laughs> uh, I also, the other day I got Stray Gods, the role-playing musical. And I played a little bit of that, and that's fun. And I've been playing a lot of Vampire Survivor, actually. I believe it was uh, Leaf that suggested that one. Mm -hmm. um, it's very nice. Like, it is, it's a lot better than I expected, because when I first looked at it before they suggested it, it looked like an idle game, and that's really not my kind of game. I, I get the... No, it's definitely not an idle game. Yeah, I, it looked like it from the, like, it's... brief video that I had seen. Yeah, yeah, no, I can definitely see, because it kind of has that, like, growth of, like, things and like bars going up and like yeah. just so much stuff happening yeah i think i only saw like, like a... how much input you need but it's more like a kind of game where like you might like play it while listening to a podcast yeah. or something yeah but like, it, game it, it is hey. it's a great game and i am glad that they suggested it because it i i had seen like a five second video and was like that doesn't it looks like an idle game that looked like a better game because there are a lot of idle games i've noticed that look like they're good until you like take a closer look and you're like oh it's an idle game and like i get the appeal of them like the feeling of accomplishing stuff even while you're away but i'm the kind of person where i'm like if i want to not play a video game then i won't i won't <laughs> get a game that plays itself while i'm not there but yeah, it was very good, and I think that's... Now, John. <laughs> what video games have you been playing recently? I like how you said, now, John, like it was my fault. <laughs> yes, it was <laughs> your fault. <laughs> I can live with that. I take no responsibility. John, you're fired. Oh, okay, bye. Just leave the Discord call. Okay. Uh, Alright, so, games I've been playing recently. Um, last time... Uh, James, I hope you remember more than I do. I talked about Final Fantasy VII, right? Yes. Okay, good. Don't need to talk about that again. But, uh, <laughs> got a little bit further. I am taking a bit of a break because it's a lot. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> um, I think I'm like 20 hours into it now. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I, 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 I don't like long games anymore unless there's like a big hook. for. It. And there is a big hook. It's Final Fantasy VII. It's a classic. But, uh, <laughs> but the, uh. At the same time, it's like, oh my god, I hate the mini games in FF7 so much. They're mm -hmm. so frustrating for me. <laughs> and, but uh, yeah, so I'm taking a break from that, and I decided just to play some smaller games, some arcade games I have on Switch. Uh, the other night I beat 
uh, Ninja Gaiden, the original arcade version, not the NES Ooh. one. And oh, it was wow. uh, it was hard, but thanks yeah. to, thanks yeah. to uh, Safe States on the Arcade Archives collection, I mm. <laughs> I manipulated the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah, the the rewind feature is the only reason I've beaten a Mega Man game. Yeah, it <laughs> saves so much time because, and then there's I know there's some purists out there. It's like, oh, if you didn't put fifteen thousand quarters into this arcade game, you didn't beat it, and it's like. I, okay. I, bet, I went through the level already. Why do I, I I know I can beat it. I have the ability I, to beat it. Why do I have to go through it 50 more times just to get to the area where I need more practice on? It's just a big agree, time waster. Yeah. I agree with you on most video games, John. I'm I I got it. I gotta push back on Mega Man though, because oh, well, Mega Man. I'm talking about arcade game overs. I'm talking about arcade the games. Game overs. <laughs> I know you're talking about arcade games, but Blue said Mega Man, and it's fine that you use. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. This is kind of a joke. <laughs> um, but the part of the design of the games is that if you get a game over and it pushes you all the way back, it is an incentive for you to try a new level without having to worry about the sunk cost fa- fallacy of having a checkpoint. And then, yeah, like, that is one place where game overs actually serve a function that I think is actually pretty good. That, plus yeah, that really password system as And well. I, f- I fully agree with that. And there is a password system. But the thing is, this is an arcade game that's meant to steal your quarters. And I just want to replay the yeah, level. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> I just want to play the replay no, the level I'm on instead of going, going to level one. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the password. It's not the password. Like, save states for, like, a password. That's, yeah, yeah that's of course. fair. And like and and I do the same like in in like Link's Awakening like I always save before the boss doors because it's just walking back to the boss doors like it's not e- the thing is is that in in some games the game over gives you an opportunity to come back to the same point with different circumstances beyond just your skill level yeah right like in some games it's like in Mario it can be oh you got a game over, so we're going to send you back to the part of the level that you've played before and you've beaten before, but now you might be better at that part of the level, and you will be at a... You, you might be able to carry your fire flower to the end yeah. of the level or to the part that was giving yeah. you trouble. I, like, there is a place for game overs, yes. I, I think. I, fu- I fully agree. You have agree. to be intentional about I'm, it. Uh, Again, I also agree, <laughs> arcade games, not the place for it. Arcade games, it's just to be a pain. I totally, yeah. totally completely then, understand you there. And then there's, like, Ninja Guide on the NES, which gives you unlimited continues. If you get a game over you go back to the beginning of the level perfectly fine and, the, and that's well, that's and all except point. in the end right yeah, and then in the, the, end, end, the you... end decides to punch you in the goddamn face it says, <laughs> hey we're changing the rules you you can't you can't practice on this boss as many times as you want no you have to go back six levels <laughs> and and just redo that and and if you die on the boss again you keep doing that that hard loop over and over and over again it's like yeah that's not yeah, and it sends you back without even a game over screen if you just lose a life on the final boss it sends you back three levels it's absurd i hate that crap yeah and then okay the, other games other games you've been playing in recent um, time i also beat um the arcade version of turbos in time because I've been Ooh. on a Ninja Turtles kick lately, because uh, because the new movie was awesome. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Seen it I can't believe how many times the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have be been reinvented in my lifetime. <laughs> I know it's so, <laughs> every, they. Everyone complains about Spider Man getting rebooted. I'm like, they reboot Ninja Turtles with every show. <laughs> it's nuts. They re- they reboot that like literally like there's not even like a break 
Like yeah, the, the, like, the this show ends. Okay, it next Tuesday like, we've got the, a new one. I swear, the Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie just came out. Yeah. <laughs> like it was not even a year ago that that movie released. It uh, maybe it's about a year, maybe it's yeah. a little more than a year, but it feels like it was like it just like that that part just wrapped up. Yeah, it's and it's bizarre. It's, there's so many. There's so many of these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's too many. <laughs> Slow down a bit. But the next game is going to be good because it's a separate thing. Oh, yeah. That's the one that's based on the uh, Rise of the okay. Roman comic. Uh, but yeah. I think we, we need to we need to grab James in here and games he's been playing in recent oh, times have, to finish this. Bot- I have one, All right, one, more, <laughs> one more. One more. One more. One more. But we got to be quick. Saying, I, I even said this in the Discord. But getting really into lately because I think it's actually way better than people give it credit for. We Fit You. <laughs> I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. It and it's the best Wii Fit game. I think it's one of the best like Wii series games. Like maybe definitely below like Wii Sports and Wii Sports Resort. But it's great. It like the mini games are like really more fleshed out, the controls are way better, and add this little um pedometer it came with. Uh where it tracks like what the calories I burned uh throughout the day. And yeah, it's just it's motivating me more to exercise, get up and move. Move on more. I'm like, that's exactly what an exercise game should do. They, by God, they figured it out. They made exercise fun. Holy crap. Nice. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, but, but, does it have a little Pikachu in it? No. So you'll hate it. <laughs> Zero out of ten. <laughs> Zero out of ten. Ah. Okay. You guys need to lead with the games that you want to talk about. <laughs> So that if I have to cut you off, it's not like, oh, but the game I actually wanted to talk about. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, I, that would I require want to, us I want to, to plan it ahead. I want to touch my real quick. Right. I don't want to go fully in depth. Okay, James, games you've been playing in recent times? Yes. So, like the the major game I've been playing is uh, Silent Hill, and then some other games I've been playing a little bit is uh, Final Fantasy VI or uh, Final Fantasy III on Super Nintendo, and uh, Hitman Three or the like I guess, sort of the Hitman or Hitman trilogy. Six on the Super yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, or Hitman Six on the <laughs> <laughs> the um, the Hitman sort of trilogy now because they've like done some weird thing where they condensed the the three sort of modern Hitman games into Hitman Three and just made them all just a single game now. Anyway. Um, so Final Fantasy VI, I'm kind of stuck at this one point where John, you were talking about how you hate the mini games in Final Fantasy VII. Well, yeah. I don't know if you've played Final Fantasy VI, but I hate the mini games in Final Fantasy VI so far. <laughs> um, Every Final Fantasy game I've that I've had I've played that has mini games in it, I've hated them. Like I hate Blitzball and Ten. Oh my god! Yeah, that is oh such god, a I did slump. not like that. Was that was I have not played Ten in like fifteen years, and I remembered hating it. Maybe now as an adult who can actually play video games better, I would have a better time, but it would still probably be annoying. Um, but the main thing is, at, at a couple different points, there's almost like this tower defense kind of like mini game you have to do where you you split your party up into teams and then you have to move each one individually across this small little section of of across this room with like kind of a maze like structure and then there's just a bunch of different groups of enemies slowly approaching 
and if any one of those enemy groups gets to the all the way back of your area, you just instantly game over. Um, oh, good. And then each of those groups has to, like, fight the enemies, and your goal is to make it all the way to the opposite end where the enemies are coming from uh, and fight the big boss at the end. Except, like, you know, they kind of do it unprompted, and there's, like, no opportunity to go back and, like, grind or anything for levels if you feel like your team composition isn't good enough. So it's just kind of like, hey, you've gotten into this area. Uh, well, you better hope that you have what it takes to beat this minigame. Otherwise, you're just going to keep dying over and over again, and it's going to be really not fun. And so I've, like, kind of temporarily put the game down, which sucks because I've been really uh, enjoying it up to this point. It's been very charming, uh, very, very fun. Uh, I really like the writing in it. Uh, It's the original Super Nintendo version, so it's got the Ted Woolsey translation. Uh, So there's lots of uh, very, you know, just very, very charming writing. (laughs) And then the uh, Hitman, I've been playing just a tiny bit of that. I... It's not normally my kind of game. I've been trying to play a little bit of Metal Gear Solid and other stealth-type uh, you know, games. Uh, I'm not very good at them. Uh, I'm also not very good at this game, but you know, I'm just starting out, so maybe I'll get better. But from my understanding, the big draw to this game is the replay factor. For each mission that you have, there's like a whole host of different ways that the game... That, that even just that the game tries to get you to do like it gives these little bonus points for completing certain objectives and those objectives can be you know kill this person using this specific method or you know before you kill them you know have this situation happen like have them notice something else or disguise yourself as the person that they're trying to meet with and then kill them that way there's just all sorts of different ways that it tries to push you to think outside the box and try more elaborate, different, interesting schemes. And then beyond that, of course, there's what your own imagination can come up with. And so it seems like replayability on top of just the, you know, obviously this is now basically a a, a sort of conglomeration of the three modern Hitman games altogether. So there's quite a lot of content and there's just... Uh, just a whole bunch of replay factor, which is something that I definitely, if I like a game, that's really, really important to me. Just having a a, a game that may not necessarily be super long to beat it, but that you can keep going back and playing and that it's still fun and interesting again and again. So I, I haven't actually beaten any of the major missions yet. I've gotten halfway through one of them and beaten like the training. And, uh, it's like that little bit of stress, that's just like, oh, you know, don't get caught, don't get caught. Oh, gosh, where do I need to go? Oh, no, he's heading over this way. I don't want him going over there. It's uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of management. You'll Groundhog Day your way into it eventually. <laughs> yeah, I, that, honestly, I think that is kind of like the trial. Yeah, you just you keep doing it over and over and over, and eventually you, like, learn exactly where enemies are going to be. You learn exactly when this guy visits this particular area, what what NPCs you need to listen into to understand the situation, it's a really good, well-made game. I can tell you that much, even from having only played a tiny bit. And then, of course, uh, speaking of very well-made games, the original Silent Hill. I had to go through quite a lot of trouble to obtain this game, as I mentioned in the game called The Discord, in that yeah. because this game, if you want to actually play it on real hardware and not, like, down... Because I don't even know if you can find it digitally anymore with the PlayStation 3 and PS Vita you stores closed down. I don't no, know. No, no, the PS3 store's still up. 
Oh, it is still up. Oh, but you yeah. you have to like go roundabout ways to add funds to it and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So it's add funds via your like PS5 or 4 account. Yeah, but, yeah, which is like super weird and roundabout, and it's like very clearly it's not going to be around much longer if they're deliberately making it this difficult. But so I think PS3 store is the only place still left that you can like get it anymore digitally. And as a result, in my case, you know, I have all this fancy, you know, uh, upscaling hardware set up specifically for plugging in old analog consoles, too. And, you know, with the fog effect and all the the fancy video techniques and the limited uh, hardware that they had on the original PlayStation, I really wanted to play this game on the actual hardware. And, like, I'm even using composite video as opposed to component, which I, is a higher quality cable that I normally use, uh, just because I really wanted to, like, get the authentic, you know, experience and use the, the limited hardware and some of the lower quality signals to help mask a lot of the the technical aspects of how they accomplished the the look of this game and gosh it it's amazing how like surprisingly well that look holds up if you're viewing it through that kind of antiquated lens looking at it on like well in my case it's not really an actual crt television but it's you know like a simulated filter of it and everything uh, it's really, really good. And, of course, I was listening to it with headphones for maximum immersion. Uh, and just, it's a really great game. I played Silent Hill 2, uh, like, you know, about a year and a half ago. Um, that game scared the pants off of me, honestly. But this game, while still definitely scary, uh, was definitely, I, I, I do think that its age um, definitely kind of makes, it, it shifts your mind a little bit into, while you're still immersed in it, it's also old enough and antiquated looking enough that it, you still kind of understand, no, this is still definitely a game at its core. And the gameplay is good, if a little bit clunky, the combat and everything. Uh, but no, just there's not a whole lot exactly I can say about it. I managed to get the best ending on my first try, which I was really mm. happy about. Um, apparently that's hard. Huh? Does it make you feel like the hills are silent. <laughs> <laughs> no, the hills are unfortunately anything but silent. Everything, yeah. there is kind of this ominous music in a bunch of places, like uh, which is either like kind of this, it tends to be some kind of sort of droning ambient sound. And then, of course, there's the static whenever enemies are nearby. Um, and then, you know, when you're in kind of like a, a serious combat situation, the music really kind of kicks in and it gets really intense, but it's, it's always very atmospheric. Um, and it's just it's more, like, it's oh more like gosh. atmospheric ambience than music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like something crazy I found out is that the final boss theme uses a, that one of the sounds, uh, used in it to simulate like the static of your radio going absolutely nuts because the final boss is there is they actually distorted and like played in reverse the sound of a dentist's drill, uh, which yeah. is like real. Like if you know that and you listen to the song, you're like, Oh, I can definitely hear that. But at the same time, it totally does sound like static on a radio like going absolutely just bonkers with like this sort of whining interference of like multiple overlapping signals like oh it's 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 super super good fantastic game 
absolutely not worth paying like 150 plus dollars or what people on eBay are asking for it. But in my case, I managed to snag it for only like 65 bucks, including shipping from someone oh, I wow. knew. Yeah. Like, I mean, even that honestly is like, that's still pretty pricey for a PlayStation game. And and it's not even <laughs> like Silent Hill was a game that that was that didn't, didn't sell, sell a lot of it. copies. Yeah, it no, sold a ton of copies. It got enough to get a rare. greatest hits release. It's like yeah. po- it's like Pokemon. It's like all the original copies are like they're worth a lot because like they're high in demand and yeah. they haven't been re-released that often. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it's just like so. No, absolutely, don't pay what eBay scalpers are asking you for this game. But if you can get it for like you know half that price, something like you know fifty to sixty U.S. dollars. Honestly, if you can see you, if you can find that from a reputable source, I'd say you know if you're really interested in a very classic, you know, genre defining survival horror game and you know you really want to play it on that authentic experience rather than just like emulating it and downloading it from somewhere it's still it really really holds up still genuinely scary uh wonderful wonderful game speaking of obtaining it from a reliable source james Mm -hmm. (laughs) are you looking to borrow my copy (laughs) not not borrow i will when you are at a point where you are fully satisfied with it i will buy it off of you for more than what you paid for it (laughs) (laughs) i am fully serious those (laughs) negotiations for another time maybe not on the podcast thank you for listening to this episode of the Game Cola Podcast, if you like what you heard, please be sure to check us out on our actual internet website, GameCola.net, and our YouTube channel, GC.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, the word net, or just at GameCola on YouTube, because they let you do that now as, as a thing. Aside from those things, the I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab your attention. Listen to me, podcast listener. Pay attention to the words I'm going to say. Join the Discord. It's so much fun on the Discord. Do it. It is perhaps... One of the best ways to experience Game Cola. You can find it in a Twitter description. You can find it in the YouTube description. I'm going to see if I can put it in the podcast description. I think I need to start doing that. Um, And just come and hang out. It's a good time. You can talk to everybody, including me, Joseph Martin. And also me, Martin Joseph. And uh, yeah, that's going to wrap things up today for us. Thank you. I don't know. How do they end Saturday Night Live? I don't Do they know. like live through New York? It was Saturday. It was the Game Cola <laughs> podcast. It's gone now. Yes. Have a the wonderful Game time, day, wherever it is, whenever it is. You're listening to this podcast. We'll see you next month. Bye. Bye. Sing. Okay, let's or swim. Good, uh, very nice. Yeah. Thanks for the optional coda there. Um, <laughs> <laughs>